Hi there and welcome to the Natural Resources Wales podcast mini-series on flood risk management. My name's Kerry and Gingell and I work here at Natural Resources Wales. In this series you'll hear from the different teams who work together to reduce the risk of flooding to communities in Wales. This will give you a really good overview of what flood risk is, what we're doing to manage it in Wales and what impact the climate emergency is having on flood risk in Wales both now and in the future. and welcome to episode two of the Natural Resources Wales Flood Risk Management mini-series. Today I'm joined by Dr Richard Park who's going to talk to us about coastal adaptation and climate change. Just one thing before we start, near the beginning this interview was very rudely interrupted by Rosie, Rick's 23-year-old cat, so we do apologise for her interruption. Welcome, Rick, and thanks so much for joining us. Um, I wonder if perhaps we can start off by you giving us a little insight into your background, uh, maybe your education or career path. But, you know, essentially what's led to you being here today managing the National Habitat Creation Programme uh, and in Natural Resources Wales Coastal Adaptation Programme too? Well, hi, Karen. Well, thanks for having me. A little bit about myself then. I've got over 30 years of experience of conservation and coastal management. And I've always had a a lot of motivation and passion and enthusiasm for marine conservation and protecting marine life. So it's fair to say I didn't get an awful lot of career advice at the time when I was at school. But that Mm. enthusiasm I have for nature, combined with a bit of independent research, helped me to realise that I had to focus on, you know, doing the best I could at school and in particular studying the uh, the classics, you know, the sort of sciences, maths and English for what yeah. you call GCSEs these days, but back in my day were O-levels. So uh-huh. I've been, you know, interested in subjects like geography and biology and chemistry and the like. And after that, I decided to uh, focus my attention on uh, doing those main main uh, exams and then moving on to do a focus on working with the sea and conservation and opted to study a joint honours degree. That was after doing A-levels, of course. Um, yeah. Uh, for, for those of you who are not aware, a joint honours degree is basically doing two main subjects as part of your degree. And I studied yeah. zoology and marine biology. And that was done Ooh. at Bangor University uh, and the Menai Bridge Labs there. Nice. So a nice bit of the world as well to be studying in. North Wales is beautiful. Very nice. Yeah. So, I mean, once you've got your degree, uh, you're really good to go and join the workforce mm. at a, an entry level in an organisation like Natural Resources Wales. But for me, I was headed on a slightly different path and I decided I wanted to harness that enthusiasm and passion and really zone in on specific specialisms uh, mm. in marine science. So I decided to study further and gained a, a PhD in marine science at Edinburgh University, during which I focused on Scottish marine locks in remote parts of Western Scotland. Another lovely part of the world. Yeah. So I've worked in a variety of environmental organisations over the years, including working as a marine biologist for the Scottish Environment Protection Agency in SEPA, um, leading the Gwent Wildlife Trust and the Living Seas Agenda for Wildlife Trust Wales. And finally, in my current role on coastal adaptation and leading on habitat creation in response to sea level rise here at Natural Resources Wales. 
Um, yeah. in, in between all this, uh, I did a fair amount of uh, global traveling, which really helped get a wider perspective and, and help develop my self-confidence and, uh, and yeah, so forth. And I guess, yeah. yeah, and I guess it's sort of um, useful as well to see, uh, I guess, other parts of the world and other parts of, you know, other, other coastlines then, so that you can sort of see the similarities and the differences um, kind of around the world, really, which I guess is interesting when you've got that kind of specialism in mind. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but it, it sounds like a, a really varied career history and, you know, really a wealth of knowledge that you've brought with you. So I think before we get on to the big questions, perhaps we'll start with the basics and we'll ask you to explain some of the things that we'll cover today. So maybe we'll start with what is sea level rise? OK, so I mean, climate change related sea level rise, because there have other been other um, sea level rises over uh, over the history of, of the world related to okay. glacial periods and the like. But climate change related sea level rise, as the name suggests, simply means the level of water in the sea rising in response to global warming effects of greenhouse gases. And that's primarily carbon dioxide and methane. Uh, mm. And the rising global sea levels is caused primarily by two main factors related to that global warming. The addition of water from melting ice sheets, that's ice sheets actually on, on land, and yeah. glass, such as glaciers and the like, and also yeah. the expansion of seawater as it warms up in response to climate change. So, I mean, the scientific term for that latter um, element is thermal expansion. And if you just think about maybe a glass of water in your warm hands, and then you add ice cubes. Now, you know, it, it fills up as that ice cubes melt and maybe the water spills over. And now as that water warms more, it continues to spill over further. So, you know, in a nutshell, that's thermal expansion at work. And that's essentially... Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's essentially what's happening to our seas uh, when the glaciers and ice sheets melt and the water warms up. So, it's, it's an interesting analogy as well, and I think helps to sort of picture it more. You know, yes. it's um, so yeah. That that's good. Thank you. That was a good explanation. I think. Well, I mean, for the Welsh coastline, that could mean um, a significant change in mean sea level rise of somewhere between fifty centimeters to well over a meter over the course of the next century. So this mm. is a, a very serious challenge for coastal communities and farmers working in low-lying coastal floodplains. And, you know, the range in predictions that we have reflect how mankind responds to this challenge of climate change, primarily by capping our emissions of carbon dioxide. So, you know, sea level rise has also a negative impact on vulnerable marine life, of course, as the shallow water habitats are squeezed against man-made structures on our coast, a process called coastal squeeze. Yeah, it's not not sort of just about the the rising sea level and the effect that has on people, perhaps and properties, but I guess also the kind of biodiversity angle and the, you know, habitats and wildlife and and all of that sort of thing as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit of a gloomy picture, really, and a, a massive challenge for mankind uh, in terms of mm. our biosphere, because there are more profound changes related to sea level uh, and sea changes relating to sea level rise and also water temperatures too such yeah. as shifts in the natural distribution of marine plants and animals, um, you know, sort of alien species, if you like, exotic species mm. moving into our coastal waters. 
and also um, the acidification of our oceans from dissolved carbon dioxide, which means that more acidic water dissolves things like coral reefs or the shells of mollusks such as snails. And coupled mm. with that, I mean, coral reefs are also threatened by rising temperatures that bleach the corals by removing their symbiotic little algae that live within their cells. So this is a, another impact. So, yeah. I mean, this is a, a major impact on an ecosystem, a global ecosystem. And uh, many of the impacts are, are pretty significant, particularly in relation to um, things like corals, reefs, but also the uh, the mammals, the sea mammals, the whales that rely on a lot of these uh, microscopic shelled creatures that are potentially threatened by um, rising uh, levels of uh, acidification in our oceans. Mm. Also, I mean, there are also impacts, you know, on homes and infrastructure, roads, railways, electricity, gas and water distributions as well. Yes. So as you said, it's it's that kind of impact on people, but also the impact on nature. It's uh, it's twofold, isn't it, really? So what about coastal adaptation then and habitat creation? What What is that? Well, I mean, coastal adaptation is about planning and then subsequently implementing sustainable flood protection uh, and the inevitable changes in low-lying areas that are vulnerable from rising sea levels. And, you know, in our context, it's our focus is on on whales for natural resources whales and yeah. for large communities at risk from flooding this means providing the you know the best standards of flood protection for the medium to long term that that can be achieved uh, and for more rural areas where isolated properties are at risk as well as roads and services like gas and electricity for example the focus is to explore all options for providing the best outcome for those affected while still planning for change, because mm. the primary focus um, for Welsh Government is communities at risk and, yeah. uh, and and putting that right at the top of the priority, if you like. And, and rightly so, you know, it's mm. important to protect people and property, isn't it? So, I mean, realistically, a part of that change that we would be planning for could be a shift in the coastline in response to rising sea levels. And mm. many parts of uh, the Welsh coastline and indeed um, around Britain and, and the wider world are low-lying. Uh, mm. And some of these areas which you know, we farm today, for example, or have roads or houses on land that used to be part of the coast, in fact, over of, over the history of, of um, that strip, coastal strip, yeah. has over the time, over the years, been reclaimed and is subsequently very vulnerable. Um, therefore, you know, as a consequence of climate change and sea level rise, uh, some of these areas that previously been protected uh, are going to be subject to um, to change. Yeah. So it, and so, I guess perhaps they they won't be protected potentially then in in future. You know, if if uh, if the sea reclaims that bit of land, as you say, it's um, you know, there's I suppose there's only so much you can fight against nature. Yes, I mean over over the next century, these areas are going to be subject to some very difficult decisions. Otherwise, they may face changes such as, you know, sea reclaiming large, low-lying areas and affected properties and infrastructure being protected the best you can or mm. ultimately moved entirely to higher ground. Um, yeah. And this is, you know, studied uh, and looked at and planned for 
at a local level. Uh, and it's yeah. the opportunities that arise um, in respect to these changes that also offer some opportunity for for new habitats. Uh, that's mm. uh, also a focus of Natural Resources Wales. So it's, if you like, um, exploring possibilities for um, these, this shifting flood risk management and how that may uh, help support um, not only the communities that are affected, but also possibilities of managing their sort of conservation management through sustainable management of natural resources. Yeah, so it's a bit of a balancing act, really, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And when these areas are subject to land use change through reduced coastal protection, then habitat creation, restoration and enhancement opportunities just simply may arise. And these yeah. new areas of habitat will help protect the resilience of the marine environment uh, to the effects of climate change. So, you know, adaptation management also addresses impacts and possible mitigation measures for for a whole host of things, including properties, roads, infrastructure, as well as habitats um, that, you know, are affected by these changes. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, from, from my understanding, the evidence shows that we're already on a path to some fairly significant sea level rise and, and the associated challenges that that brings. So how do you see that impacting your work in future? I mean, yes, if you th- think about sea level rise, we've already talked about how global warming and climate change are increasing our levels, the tidal levels. And that's only going to happen more as our planet warms further over the coming decades and beyond. So that naturally will mean more coastal communities will become vulnerable to flooding, tidal flooding in yeah. particular. And, you know, those that are already vulnerable uh, to light, to this sort of factor are, are likely to see increasing levels of flood risk. And it's a real concern yeah. and far-reaching impacts now in the medium and long term, uh, not only to um, communities, but also farmland and the environment. Yeah. So what are we doing then in Natural Resources Wales to help with this? Yeah, I mean, I've already indicated the planning side of things. So, you know, there are a lot of areas vulnerable to sea level rise around Wales. And this is going to be a challenging problem to solve. So at Natural Resources Wales, we've identified and prioritised many of these areas mm-hmm. and uh, these are particularly vulnerable. Um, some of them are if you like, subject to our flood protection um, assets, which are, are keeping them safe at the moment. And yeah, look- so that's the defences and things, isn't it? That's, that's right. the kind of the seawalls and, you know, all the other sorts of defences that we've uh, built and maintained over the years. Yes, and we have permissive yeah. powers to um, maintain these uh, levels of flood protection. But some of them have also been identified as no longer viable uh, and um, if you like, a priority um, in the future, particularly in areas where there are low communities at risk um, being protected by these assets. So we're looking at these areas in great detail, and that involves engaging with and working with other organisations, as well as those affected by um, the changes that could happen, including local authorities, landowners, and property owners. And it's really important that we try to establish you know, some very sound evidence for the costs and benefits of providing solutions to this rising sea level uh, problem. Yeah. And this could include protecting and decommissioning assets and improving them, allowing them 
and accepting change, allowing them to deteriorate and accepting change is another possibility. And yeah. in some ways, we're guided and steered by the Welsh shoreline management plans, which act as a, a bit of a roadmap for for this area of um, of policy. And these these mm. policy areas help us in our evaluation and assessment of options at various locations. But the crux of it is that you know we aim to do the very best we can in protecting the interests of the environment, people, and well-being of properties for on behalf of Welsh Government in these areas where, yeah. you know, our assets are, are um, causing, um, are, are currently providing that level of protection. Um, mm. But that may not be guaranteed in the future, uh, depending on their sustainability. So, yeah. I mean, ultimately, we're aiming to provide sustainable flood risk management. And of course, the responsibility for managing all this change doesn't just fall upon Natural Resources Wales. And as a result, you know, we're working with local authorities, with Welsh government and third parties in trying to address this challenge. Yeah, so it's uh, it's a bit of a teamwork, really, isn't it? You know, it's uh, it's Natural Resources Wales, of course, as we're a national sort of um, organisation for Wales. But, you know, there will be a need clearly to work with local councils, um, as you say, Welsh government and potentially, I suppose, third parties could be landowners. It could be people who own property. You know, it's it's everyone pulling together, really, isn't it? And working together to come up with, as you say, sustainable flood risk management. So you've mentioned shoreline management plans there um, and how they act really as a bit of a roadmap. So could you perhaps explain a little bit more about what that means? What are they and what do they do? Yeah, of course. I mean, Wales has got four shoreline management plans, which are, as the name suggests, plans to sustainably manage our shorelines. And these have addressed some of the priorities for coastal protection in the face of rising sea levels over the coming century. They also highlight areas where investing in flood risk management is a priority for Welsh Government and flood risk management authorities such as Natural Resources Wales or local councils. It also identifies areas that are not a priority. And there are many reasons as to why one location is a priority where another isn't. I mean, funding availability, for example, how economically viable a flood defence scheme may or may not be, or other measures such as, you know, whether or not there's a, a large community at risk. So it's a complicated yeah. picture. Mm. And, uh, you know, there are no easy answers, unfortunately. And every extreme weather event I mean, also produces sometimes tidal surges, which can add yeah. maybe a metre or a couple of metres of, uh, of tidal level um, coinciding with storm events or spring tides and low atmospheric pressure. And you also get uh, fluvial, which is river uh, flood events that combine with that. Um, yeah. So assets can get damaged. And the reality yeah. of these shoreline management plans and the effects of rising sea levels um, when these extreme events happen quite often suddenly come into focus. So, yeah. And the costs of, of, of repairing these damaged assets are you know, very much dependent on the shoreline management plan policy for that particular area of coastline, mm. where the thinking has already happened, if you like, as to as as to whether or not they they should be invested in. Yeah. So, I mean, the focus of coastal adaptation is planning to identify key areas 
where this challenge is greatest and help evaluate all the options for managing change, changing flood risk protection in consultation with those that are affected by, you know, this issue. And, Mm. you know, this would include landowners, infrastructure and other stakeholders and planning for adaptation and developing the evidence for all the possible options to offer protection to communities while minimising the impact on other vulnerable infrastructure such as roads and power lines and balancing that against um, the environmental needs for an area. So it's a high, high level of planning required and consultation and developing the evidence is crucial to knowing the best options uh, for each vulnerable area and building a case for investment uh, to either develop existing or alternative flood defences or indeed planning for change. Yeah. And I imagine that, you know, those discussions with uh, and the engagement with the public and with other stakeholders, that that could be quite challenging and I guess quite emotive too. I mean, the need to get that evidence and the facts for the different options must be really important. It's very important. I mean, these assessments are far reaching and involve a lot of different evaluations and assessments including uh, areas such as economics, environmental considerations, effects on groundwater, land use and potential land use change, and of course impacts on various of the various options that exist within uh, for flood, sustainable flood risk management and how mm. they're going to affect people and properties. Yeah. So, I mean, another aspect is the cost versus benefits of flood protection. It's pure economics, if you like. And the, yeah. and the impacts on the of these defences would have on environmental and landscape. Um, yeah, because again, it's a balancing act. You know, it's it is important, obviously, to protect people and to protect um, you know people's properties. Mm-hmm. But it's also important to protect the environment, isn't it? So it's it's again that balancing act. There, it's yeah. a tricky thing. I, I think one of the primary things is to understand the current baseline condition and longevity of these flood risk management assets as they stand right now. And and then, if you like, comparing that with how that's going to change as uh, sea levels rise and and Mm. these assets naturally do deteriorate. Uh, So all these are important factors. Uh, So these assessments draw upon expertise and knowledge of many specialisms within Natural Resources Wales. Um, And, you know, this harks back to... Um, what I said right at the beginning in terms of enthusiasm for a subject and yeah. people have enthusiasm and uh, and develop their career in lots of different areas and you know I, I very fortunately we draw upon many talented um, personnel within Natural Resources Wales dedicated people you know work in these in various teams and they have various expertise which we draw upon uh, during this kind of assessment work. People who work on Mm. groundwater, licensing of different discharges, um, various types of pollution impact, people who've got expertise in marine or terrestrial environments, those who focus on managing public access or heritage, archaeology, protected sites. You know, for me, it's extremely rewarding working amongst um, a group of people who have um, their own passion and enthusiasm and, you know, are helping to work on tackling this challenge of coastal adaptation and sea level rise on communities and in the environment. 
Yeah, because it, it is a big challenge, isn't it? And as you say, you know, there's a lot of different specialisms there, lots of different people all working together to try and sort of figure out a way forward, I suppose, really. Um, you know, it's it, it's an important challenge and it's a huge challenge. So it's good to know that we've got lots of people working on it, really. Um Thank you really for giving up your time to talk to me today. It's It's been really interesting to hear all about the work that you've been doing and that you continue to do in our coastal communities here in Wales. I think before I let you go, though, I've just got one last question, um, and that would be what your favourite part of the work is. So what's the bit that you find most rewarding? Huh. I mean, if we, we discussed today, the challenge from rising sea levels and planning for adaptation on the coasts far-reaching and it's far-reaching in respect to social, economic and environmental impacts. Mm. So, you know, parking back to my specialist interest, which is marine environment. So it's the, the natural focus is very much on that, really, and also working with um, others in natural resources, whales, with their own enthusiasm and specialism. So for me, it's about getting the very best outcome for nature, um, yeah. and in particular, um marine and terrestrial and aquatic um, elements of conservation uh, management and it's you know without question that this threat from climate change and sea level rise in particular on our natural environment outweighs so many other problems that we have to face here in Wales so you know being part of this process of helping to plan and manage this element of natural conservation management is very rewarding and you know it's a very beneficial thing to do for those of you who are you know maybe considering a career in um, conservation or uh, or something to do with the natural environment yeah and i'm sure lots of our listeners would agree that you know what you're doing is very beneficial for our natural marine environment and i'm sure there will be people listening who are now thinking even if they weren't before that "Mm, this is an interesting career path so um thanks again rick for for joining us and for taking us through all of that it was really interesting you're very welcome I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have any comments or questions, you can contact us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram or by the email address that you can find in the show notes. You'll also find links to our flood risk management pages where you can view some of the things we've talked about here today. Thanks for listening.